Would you turn this morning, please, to Ephesians, the fourth chapter? Ephesians, chapter 4. He said, Ephesians 4, verse 8, when Jesus ascended up on high, how many know he's coming back? Yeah, soon. He led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. And verse 11, he describes these gifts he's talking about. He gave some apostles. So is he talking about a man or a woman that's a gift? Yeah. The anointing on them, the call on them, the grace in them, and he made them, the person themselves, they're a gift to his people. Can you think back over your life of the men and women that God used you? Used, excuse me, to tell you about Jesus, about salvation, about healing, glory to God, about being more than a conqueror, being, you know, the list goes on. I'm so thankful for the people that God gave into my life. He gave some apostles, he gave some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. They're all gifts. And why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints. Do the saints need to be perfected? Hmm? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Could you use, could your neighbor use some more perfecting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're not sure about that, you need to get sure. Oh, yeah. Let us tell you. Yeah, you need some more work. Right? You're not done. No, no, don't take them out of the oven yet. Just <laughs> if anything, just turn them over and put them back in. Right? They need some more. <laughs> he said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know, these gifts that he gave are not supposed to do all the work of the ministry. It's impossible. Too big of a job. And uh, as you can see, you know, all these service teams. Don't you appreciate getting to see behind the scenes? And I mean, you know, these communion platters don't stay clean and shiny by themselves. And, and they don't get loaded and unloaded and fixed by themselves, right? I mean... And this facility doesn't get cleaned and kept in nice shape by itself. And the grounds don't just stay perfect by themselves. I mean, people are sewing. And uh, I couldn't have done this this week. I'm down in Texas preaching where I was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be here cutting the grass. Huh? I wasn't supposed to be here cleaning the bathroom. It's not a problem for me to do it, but it is if I'm supposed to be doing something else. But in so many churches, you got a handful of people just working their self silly. And you got 97% of the church that just comes in and sits down and leaves. And comes back next week and sits down and leaves. And people think that's church. Not as God planned it. Men have, uh, oh, they've watered it down to that. And people think that church is about attendance. They do. 
Don't they? You go to church. Are you a part of a church? What do people think that means? Do you attend? Do you show up at least once in a while? People go, oh, yeah, yeah, I go to church. I'm part of a church. Well, no, the Lord didn't intend that. In fact, I got a title. I guess some of it's trying to come out here. <laughs> some things, other things I've been looking at. And one of them, my title is uh, church. It's not just a Sunday thing. <laughs> That's kind of boiling in me here. Stewing. Like the crock pot. You know what I'm saying? But anyway... The believers are supposed to do the work of the ministry and help build up the entire body of Christ. Can you see that's a big, big job? Going to take a lot of people. And it's not just going to take a bunch of babies. It's going to take a bunch of grown-up Christians. Like we've said before, you know, athletes, professional football, basketball, baseball players, Olympic athletes. The things they do physically that are so outstanding. They couldn't do those things when they were babies. Could they? I mean, they couldn't, they, you know, Michael Jordan couldn't dunk when he was two. <laughs> Lance Armstrong couldn't win uh, these races when he was three. Could he? No, they had to develop fully. And it took years. And it didn't just happen automatically. They had to develop These skills. They had to train. How much practice did these guys do? Oh, years. A lifetime. And eventually they developed to their full potential. Their bodies, their skills were perfected. And then they reached these levels of play and performance. Well, what about the body of Christ? What about us? We will not be able to reach the levels of ministry and effectiveness and fruit and power and results and all of us being babies. we got to grow up. And that's what he's talking about. That's why he gave us these gifts. And instead of people just coming and attending churches all over the country and all over the world this morning and checking the box and saying, I went, praise God. Now, how quick can we get out? Instead of doing that, if we're all growing up. Uh, You know, that's why churches are supposed to be coming together. They're supposed to be getting fed the milk of the word and the meat of the word and growing up and developing and then getting all stirred up and charged up and then going out and doing the work of the ministry and building up the whole body of Christ. And it seems like so much of the church world is just barely beginning to get an idea of this. And we can't control everybody. It's not our job to control or judge anybody. But it is our job to get a hold of ourselves and do our part. Well, he went on to say, verse 13, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, he uses that word perfect again. What will you look like when you're perfected? Just like Jesus. We read in Luke, you know, where he said the servant and the disciple, I should say, the disciple, the learner, the student, is not above his master. But everyone, when they are perfected, will be what? As his master. What is it? Just like his master. Just like the teacher. Do we believe that? Well, let's stay after it then. He went on to say. That we henceforth be no more children 
No more children. Does he want us to be children all our life? No, grow up. No more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. See, children are unstable, aren't they? They believe stuff they ought not believe. They're easily duped, easily fooled, easily led astray. But not strong, well-developed adults. No, they're not easily fooled. They're stable. They're strong. And verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may what? May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And he talks about the whole body developing and growing, just elaborating on what he said about the body of Christ being edified and built up. Is it God's will for you to grow up and for me to grow up? Look at your neighbor and charge him, say, grow up. (laughs) Now you tell him back, okay, I am. I am. I'm growing up right now. That's it. That's one reason I'm in church this morning. So as I can get fed, so I can grow up. Right? Grow up. Now we've talked about several different aspects of this. We've talked about being a baby. We talked about being a child. We talked about growing up and being a perfect man. Now don't let that word perfect throw you. When we use the word perfect in our modern usage, we think flawless. Without flaw, without error. No, that's not what this word means. We looked it up. What does it mean? It means complete. It means brought to its completion. Brought to its finish. Just like a child. They're born a baby. And then they start growing. Everything's right and normal. They will grow and grow and grow. But they won't just grow forever. There comes a time when they've reached their full stature. Right? They are at adulthood. They're as tall as they're going to get. Their bones have developed, you know. Well, as a Christian, you're born a spiritual baby. And you're supposed to grow. And that's what's confusing to a lot of people. Because you can have a 65-year-old body and a a person's spiritual development's like a two-year-old. And that's confusing to people. You don't have to grow just by reason of time. But if you're fed, if you exercise, you'll develop, you'll grow. So how do we grow up to the full measure of the stature of Christ? Speaking the truth in love. We've talked about that. You're fed the sincere milk of the word and the meat. You exercise yourself. Then you act on the word. You speak the word. You walk in love. You do it. You grow. Just like in the natural. You eat. You get fed. You exercise. You'll grow. But how do you grow up all the way? I'm talking about how do you make it all the way from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity? We've talked about numerous of these things, but how do I make it all the way? Anybody interested? Huh? How do I make it to the full measure of the stature of my master? Hmm? How do I get there? I heard somebody say it. That's it. Heard it over here. Heard it over here. You already know the answer. Don't quit. Sounds simple. But people do it all the time. Go to James, please. And let's talk about this. James 1. Father, we thank you for utterance this morning. Ask for everybody for eyes to hear and 
see and ears to hear, hearts to understand. Show us what to do and how to reach the fullness that you've called us to in Jesus' name. James 1. James 1. He said, first chapter of James, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Well, now that's not natural. When people fall into different trials and temptations, they tend to cry about it and be depressed and be upset. But he says what? Can you, now, now, you know, there's significance in every one of these words, count it. He didn't say it'd feel like it. <laughs> what did he say? Count it. Count. Can you count something joy when you feel bad? Hmm? Can you? Can you feel like 40 miles of muddy road? Lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. Can you feel bad? Can you feel rough and low and yet count it joy? Can you put on joy and just get up and say, no, boy, I don't care how you feel. God's come through for you too many times. Get up from there. Get up from there. Shout the victory. Praise God anyhow. Hallelujah anyhow. Can you do it? Yeah, you can. And so that's what he said. Do it. Verse Three, why? Knowing this, you can do it if you know this. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, can your faith be tested? Can it be tried? Hmm? (laughs) Can the pressure be put on it? Hmm? Tested. What does that mean? Your faith is tried. Your faith is tested. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So when you're in faith about it, you don't see it. You don't see it. You don't feel it. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't feel like it. If you see it and feel it, you can't be in faith for it. You ever heard people say, well, seeing is believing. No, no. That means they know nothing about believing. No, absolutely not. Bible said we walk by faith, not by sight. If you see it, you don't have to believe it. It's when you don't see it that you got to believe it. It's when you feel sick and you look sick and everybody you meet says, boy, you look bad. (laughs) And the tests are run and they say you're worse. For you to believe you're healed, hmm? in the face of that, is faith. And even though you make your stand and you believe you receive, your faith can be tried. Can it? How would your faith be tried? Because it doesn't change right away. Or it changes in the wrong direction. Right? And you're tempted to think and believe it didn't work or it's not working. Everything's telling you, you're not healed, you're not going to be healed, you're not going to make it. Are you believing you receive your money more than enough to pay your bills and get caught up and get ahead and then you get more bills? 
And then you get reduced in pay. (laughs) Or lose your job. That would try your faith. Wouldn't it? And that's what separates the men from the boys. And the girls from the women, spiritually speaking. And babies will throw up their hands and quit. But those that have made up their mind. I said those that have made up their mind. Could say like Paul. None of these things move me. Don't care what I see. Don't care what I feel. The Lord said it. The Word says it. And that's what I believe. And that's all I believe. Hmm? Then you've got to do that with your salvation, don't you? Because you don't always feel righteous and holy. You haven't always acted righteous and holy. But the Bible says you're clean. Cleansed by the blood. Been made righteous with His righteousness. Made holy by His holy blood. And your name is in the Lamb's book of life. You've got to believe it. That you are saved. That you are secure in Him. Got to believe it. And we haven't seen Him come. And the years have passed. And the decades have passed. And the centuries have passed. And He hasn't come. But He's coming. Right? You got to believe it. Right? You know. Intellectuals will try to tell us, well, it's been this way for centuries. It's just people's imagination and they just use this religion as a crutch. No, no, we haven't seen it, but we believe it. And like Peter says, though you've not seen him, yet you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? We believe in him. He's real. God is real. Jesus is real. The Holy Spirit is real. Heaven is real. He's coming back. It's all by faith. Isn't it? Not going by feeling. You're not going by sight. And so your faith can be tried. Can it? You ever had your faith tried? Just like every day. (laughs) Because the enemy will continually come and tell you, no, it ain't going to work. No, not this time. Not going to work, not going to work. But knowing this, that the trying of your faith works something. Hmm? What does it work? It works patience. But let patience have her perfect. There's that word we've been seeing. Her what? What does that word mean? Complete, brought to its complete end. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. He's not talking about flawless. What's he talking about? Complete. And then he uses another word. And what? Entire. Entire, Wanting nothing. (laughs) How are we going to get there? Hmm? No matter what comes up, count it joy. Here's another aspect of this. What is our strength? The joy of the Lord is our strength. If we're going to persist and stay and persevere, you can't be depressed. If you yield to depression, you're going to quit. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but it'll wear you and you'll weaken until you'll quit. 
You can't yield to depression. You've heard me say it before, but I want to say it again. It is so important. Never, ever, (laughs) ever, 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 on any occasion, at any time, with anybody, for any reason, never, never, ever, ever, never, ever feel sorry for yourself. There is no justifiable reason. There is no legitimate excuse. Never. Somebody said out loud. Never. Never. Never feel sorry for yourself. Never. 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 I don't care what you're dealing with. Ne- why? Because that it's a subtle thing. You start down that road and you're yielding to unbelief. You're yielding to fear. You're yielding to depression and death. And what happens? It'll sap your strength. Hmm? Have you ever noticed it before? Don't raise your hand on any testimonies on this right now. But have you ever felt sorry for yourself? The longer you did, did you feel stronger or weaker? Oh, you just weak, weakness to weakness. You just get weaker the longer you lay there or sit there and feel sorry for yourself. And why? You just have to happen to me and nobody will help me and I just didn't get a fair break. and It just ain't fair. And the more you think about it, the weaker you get and you will quit. That's how people get suicidal. Right? Quit. No, but no matter what's going on, count it all joy. Count it joy. (laughs) Come on now. It takes faith to do it. Doesn't it? Count it all joy. And just get sassy. And go, devil, you picked the wrong one this time. You shouldn't have messed with me. Because I won't quit. I, you know, you should have got somebody else because I won't quit. And I will make you eat this. <laughs> I will make you wish you had never messed with me on this. Because I won't quit. And God is big. <laughs> I think about Brother Hagin, who's in heaven now. And he was attacked from birth with all these deformities and these defects. His entire chest cavity was not formed. It was open and undeveloped. And he had incurable blood disease. He had two or three major things that would have killed him. And he was paralyzed as a teenager. They told him he couldn't live past his 16th birthday. But God revealed to him. Mark 11, 23 and 24. And he believed he received. And the power of God came on him and he stood up on the side of that bed. And he lived. And then for 60 years, he told everybody all over the world that God healed him. The devil wasn't big enough to kill him. Right? And how many people got stirred up and inspired to believe God and to be healed from his testimony? Don't you know the devil was kicking himself for decade after decade. I wish I had never done that to him. Why? Well, see, there's a lot of stuff the devil don't know. He ain't all he cracks himself up to be. You remember the Bible said if he had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He played right in to the Lord's plan. Didn't he? He didn't know it. 
And then after he did and he saw him raised from the dead and he got stripped and brought to naught and Jesus got the keys of death, hell, and the grave and everything. Now for century after century, he's going, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I, wish I hadn't done that. Make it, what, that's what it means to be more than a conqueror. You don't only win, you make them eat it. And remind them of it. Year after year. Huh? Well, you can do that. When something happens, you just go, I count it all joy. I count it all joy. Another opportunity to show the faithfulness of God. Another opportunity to show the veracity and the unchangeableness and the power of the good word of God. Another opportunity to show the superiority of the name of Jesus. And the Lordship of Jesus. Another opportunity for God to get glory in my spirit, in my body, in my finances, in my marriage, in my home, in my life, which are His. Can you say amen? Amen. So that's how you can. Even though it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look good, you can just in the middle of it, you can just stand up and go, I count this joy. It's just another opportunity to prove God. Show His glory. And then what do you do? Your joy is your strength. Joy is your strength. What else? What's it going from there to say? Let patience. You know this, and so you let pay the trying of your faith, even though it's tried, let patience. Just keep on keeping on, and you'll wind up what? Listen to another translation. The Amplified says, let endurance Now, this word patience, you have to define it because, again, it's like the word perfect. See, words are just letters connected together. They don't mean anything of themselves. But people use them as a cup, a container that contains a thought. And that changes throughout the generations. But here, when he says patient, if you look it up, it literally means endurance. Everybody say endurance. It means consistency, constancy, steadfastness. All these words are similar, aren't they? Endurance. We tell each other, you know, uh, just, you know, be patient. What does people think? Well, sit down and do nothing and wait. Uh Uh-uh. No, that's not what this word means in the Bible. What does it mean? Persevere. Keep steadfastness. Constantly after it, enduring. In fact, the same word is translated endure and enduring in the same New Testament. Same word. So, let endurance have its perfect work. So that you'd wind up and you'd end up complete. The Amplified says... Let endurance and steadfastness have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be perfectly and fully developed. Perfectly and fully. How are we going to make it all the way to Christ's likeness? We're going to stay after it. We're not going to quit. How do you make it all the way from infancy to full adulthood? You don't stop growing. Anywhere in between. You just keep growing till you get there. And the same thing is true spiritually. He said in the NIV, perseverance must finish its work. 
so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, wanting nothing. How do you get there? How do you get there? You believe God, but you don't just believe God, you keep believing God, and you keep believing God, and you keep believing God. And what do you do when you've done everything you know to do and it still don't look good? You keep believing God. And having done all to stand, what do you do then? Stand and expect and keep saying it. And this is one of the primary areas where people mess up. They quit. Don't they? People give up. They quit. Go to Hebrews, please. The 10th chapter. Hebrews chapter 10. How are we going to reach our full development? Not by finding the man or woman of God to lay hands on us and it'll happen overnight. Hmm? Not by finding the secret and wapo zappo <laughs> by the end of the week. Uh-uh. Not by doing some extreme thing for a month. Hmm? Not by reading the Bible through, you know, in a week. Not by, you know, praying in tongues for a 24-hour stretch. People would like it that way. But no. This is not a sprint. The Christian race is not a sprint. It's an endurance race. It's an endurance race. And as endurance runners know, you've got to pace yourself and you've got to stay on that. You just got to, it's about staying power. You got to just stay and stay. And it ain't about, you know, how fast you run today. It's are you still running tomorrow? Are you still running next week? And, uh, you know, people like to think, well, I, you know, I get serious about it. I'll get on it and really do something. No. Can you read a chapter a day? Every day. Huh? Can you pray 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Every day. Every day. Can you be at church? Regular. Right? Faithful. See, people want to do some big thing and get a blue ribbon and a star. Uh Uh-uh. No. Strong ministries are not built overnight. Strong Christians. How many babies don't, you know, you don't go to the crib at night and give them a bottle in the morning. They wake you up with breakfast and go... They're six foot tall. No, no, it doesn't happen overnight or in a week or in a month. You got to stay after it day in, day out, week after week, month after month, year after year. I mean, how many have been here just three or four years and you can tell it took that long for certain things to be happening in your life, right? For you to get certain things and see it didn't happen in a week, didn't happen in a month. Well, if God could do this for you in a couple of years, three years, four years, what about the next four years if he tears his coming? Hmm? Because it multiplies. It shouldn't just be just the progress like the previous time because you're in a different place now. You can receive more, quicker, understand more, quicker, grow more. And he's growing this church up quickly. He said so. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, are you there? Hebrews 
chapter 10. The Bible says, verse 35, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Confidence is a faith word. Which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience or persistence or constancy or endurance. You have need of endurance. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, why would he say don't cast away your confidence? Why? Why does he say you need patience? If everything happened the afternoon you prayed, this wouldn't be relevant. If everything just happened the same day or even the same week. But what does Galatians say? Don't be weary in well-doing. What do you got to do? You got to stay after it. And in due season. What's he got to bring that up for? Your flesh don't like that. What's your flesh like? Now. Right now. Now. (laughs) Always right now. Hmm? Now. But not everything happens right now. You can put an acorn in the ground, cover it up, and put water on it, but you don't have an oak tree right now. Huh? But you will if that thing just keeps growing and just keeps growing and just keeps growing and just keeps growing and just keeps growing. growing. Glory to God. Glory to God. I know uh, our home place in Mississippi, we got an oak tree. In our backyard that you just have to see. You'll think I'm exaggerating. This thing is gigantic. I guess it's over 100 feet tall. And it would probably take 10, 15 men holding arms to go around it. And the limbs go all the way to the ground. And of course we got a swing up under there. Oh yeah. (laughs) And uh, just giant. And my grandpa used to tell me a story about when he was a little boy, he ran over it with a wagon. It's hard for me to believe. I think it, I look at that tree, I climb up, I mean, the limbs are like this. And he ran over it with a wagon. His grandpa planted it, and it was just, you know, a fair size. Well, you could run over it with a wagon. How did it get that big? How did it get that big? It's growing right now. Hmm? It was growing in the 80s. It was growing in the 70s. It was growing in the 60s. And the 50s. And the 30s. It's been growing a long time. How are you going to get to that full place of development? You got to keep growing. You got to grow today. And then grow some more tomorrow. And then grow some more next week. And just keep growing. Keep growing. What happens, though, in people's lives? A couple of main things. One is people have events. Everybody say event. People have events in their life that they let take the air out of them. Don't they? They miss it. They sin. They fail. They make a mistake. Or somebody sins against them. Fails them, makes a mistake, and so they get disillusioned, 
Are you with me now? The Holy Ghost is talking to some people. And this event causes them to come to the conclusion that they should just quit. So they quit going to church. They quit reading their Bible. They quit praying. They just quit. Do you know anybody that has done that? Well, it got mighty quiet in here, didn't it? They stop. And they believe lies like, oh, I'll never be like Jesus. What am I thinking? That's not going to happen to me. I'll never be able to give that kind of money into the kingdom of God. I mean, my folks were poor and they were poor. I got this little low-paying job. I'm barely eating. That ain't never going to happen. That's just wishful thinking. Imagination. Who talks like that? It's the devil talks like that. Brings those thoughts to your mind. Are you not going to be healed? There's people dying in hospitals every day with stuff like this. What makes you any different? I mean, this has been working in your body and they've already told you. The best doctors in the land told you they can't heal you. What makes you think you're going to be? You're not going to be healed. You're just dreaming. And sometimes in connection with that, something happens. It's the enemies set it up. An event. And people quit. I know ministers that were anointed and powerful ministers. And they hadn't served God for years. Out of church. Out of the ministry. Something happened. They sinned. They messed up. Friend, just because you sin and mess up. Doesn't mean you have to quit. The gifts and callings of God. Without repentance, he doesn't change. He doesn't change. He knew before it happened that it could happen. He knew then from the beginning. And he still loved you. And he still called you. And still told you you could have it. And you could be it and you do it. He told you knowing that. He wasn't surprised when you messed up, when you blew it. And he went, oh, oh, oh. I wish I hadn't told them they could have all that. Now that they've done it. Are you kidding? He knows the end from the beginning. He knew it before he told you. He's going to use you like that. Or let you have that. But people quit, don't they? We live in a world full of quitters. It's become popular more than ever to quit. Hmm? Now people use different terminology to describe it. They call it changing their mind. Church-going folk call it, I just feel led to do something different now. Huh? Just because it got hot in the kitchen. Because the pressure was on. Because your faith was tried. Got uncomfortable. And it went longer and it wasn't changing. And now they feel led to change and leave and do something different. And people quit their families. They quit their friends. They quit their churches. They quit their jobs. I mean, they just change them like the newspaper. But you don't have to. And the problem with that is if you do that, you'll never grow up. I said you'll never grow up. That's how you become a person who's been born again 50 years and are still a baby. Because every time something comes up, you quit. 
And you quit. And you quit. And you quit. Some event happened. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. You know how he works? See his workings. See what's going on. He wants to keep you out of that. He wants to keep you from developing. I know he attacked. You know, Phyllis has told you, and I've told you in these marriage meetings about some of the trouble we had. Well, it was bad. And the financial trouble and the marriage trouble, I mean, what was the enemy trying to do? He's trying to keep me and you and she and you from ever meeting. Oh, did you hear this now? He's trying to keep this church from ever being born. He's trying to keep these free ministry materials from ever going out. And the list goes on and on and on. How would he have been able to accomplish it? If we would have got discouraged enough. Hmm? And hurt enough. Offended enough. Upset enough. To just say. We ain't ministry material. Dear Lord. Fight like cats and dogs. I mean, if we can't even have a good marriage, how are we going to take care of the church of God? Hmm? How are we going to help people? Can't even pay our bills? Behind on our taxes? Won't make enough money to get out of town? Huh? How are we going to lead somebody? How are we going to be an example? I'll tell you how. You don't quit. You don't quit. You saying I'm not where I need to be, but I will get there. By the help of God, I will get there. No, it may not all happen in a week or two, but I will get there. I'll get there. If it takes years, if it takes decades, it's the will of God. It's the plan of God. If I mess up, I'll repent. Hmm? If I go a wrong way, I'll turn around. But I will, by the grace of God and the faithfulness of God, said out loud, I will get there. I'll get there. And you will if you won't quit. How will you get to full development? No longer a baby. No longer immature. I mean a settled, developed Strong son of God. Hmm? A pillar to your family. A strength to your church. Glory to God. An asset to your Lord's kingdom. A person he can count on. A person he can use and make a difference. In the, how are you going to get there? Well, one of the main things of your part is that you just don't quit. Hmm? If you look back and go, well, I didn't grow as much this year as I would like to have. I still feel pretty carnal. Well, that's history now. But what? But I'll get there. The Lord will help me. <laughs> See, people quit over events. Let me show you something as simple as this. Somebody's real heavy and it's bothering their health and it bothers their self-esteem and they want to get this weight off. And they do pretty good for a few days. And then they mess up and eat a whole pie. <laughs> and what's the devil say? You've blown it now, right? It's all out the window. You might as well. 
Huh? You might as well just eat another pie. <laughs> huh? You might as well. You've already blown it. You know? And what he's wanting you to do is give up on your dream. Give up on your vision and go, I ain't never going to happen. I, mean, I don't know what I was thinking. I just... And eating the pie is not what defeated you. Eating ten pies is not what defeated you. Was it? Because you could have got back up and said, I shouldn't eat them ten pies. <laughs> Lord, have mercy on me. I shouldn't eat them, them ten pies. But, but, I am not done. I am not done. I'm get back up, get back on the horse, right? I'm not done. I will get there. I want you to get this in your spirit this morning. Huh? I will get there. Somebody messes up, go in the shopping center, and they're with friends that's got more money than they do, and they max out their credit cards and spend tithe money. And go, you know, condemnation now. And, oh, God, what's wrong with me? I'm so ignorant. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. <laughs> and you do that, and the devil will say, no, nah, you're stupider than that. <laughs> Give me that little rubber hammer. Here, take this sledgehammer. <laughs> Let me tell you how stupid you really are. And if you listen to him, time you get to, you won't have enough confidence to fill a thimble. And what's his objective? Spending this money, huh? Spending tithe money, is that what ruins you? No, no, you can get over this. You can get past this. Yeah, but my credit cards are maxed up. I don't know if I can ever pay them. Yeah, you can. You can. Can anybody testify that God can pay off credit cards, even big, heavy credit cards, long, old debts? Easy, easy. That is not a problem to him. You know what is a problem to him? If you quit, if you quit, he doesn't have a legal right to give you victory. He can't impose it on you against your will because he's established it by his own word. Are you still in Hebrews? Let's read the rest of this. Hebrews, what did he say? Cast not away your confidence. What comes on the other end of it? Great recompense of reward. There's big pay. For you have need of. You got to have this endurance. You got to have this never going to quit. Get back up on the horse. Strike out a thousand times, but pick the bat up again. You got to have it. Hmm? You got to have it. You know, somebody asked Brother John Osteen, who's in heaven now, you know, his son Joel's pastoring the church there. In Houston, wonderful, huge, blessed church. And asked him, this is before he went home, how did his ministry get big and get so strong and flirt, which was big before he went home. And he said, we just outlasted everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Referring to all the churches that sprung up and started in the area and quit. And people started and quit and started and quit. And they're looking for a good church, so... Brother John's still over there. (laughs) And no matter what happened to them, they wouldn't quit. They just kept on. 
Remember what they didn't know? They wouldn't quit. They just kept on. Can you say amen? Amen. You have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Go to James. You're close by there. Go to James, the fifth chapter. Say it out loud. I I will will get there. there. I'll get there. Hallelujah. James 5, verse 11. He said, Behold, we count them happy that do what? You want to be happy? You want to have some wonderful things happen in your life? Huh? You want to see miracles that other people don't see? Get to places other people don't get? How are you going to get there? You're going to endure. You're going to endure when it doesn't look like it's working. Endure. You have heard of what? Of the patience of Job. And you have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful or full of pity and of tender mercy. Did you know that's what you were supposed to get out of the book of Job? Huh? The New Testament tells you two main things you were supposed to have gotten out of the 42 chapters of Job. Is that what most people got out of it? No, dear Lord, no. (laughs) I guess I'm just like poor old Job. Well, glory to God. You like Job? Praise the Lord. Job got healed. Job got twice as much as he lost. Right? People miss the punchline, don't they? What's the two big things you should have got out of the book of Job? Job was patient. What does that mean? He endured. We count them happy, which endure. And the Lord, full of pity, full of compassion, and merciful. And didn't he come through for Job? Was he merciful to Job and good to Job? I want you to go back to the book of Job real quickly and remind you of a statement. I could read it to you, but turn back there and look at it. Job 2. Historians tell us that probably the whole account of Job happened in less than a year. Maybe nine months. Job had a rough year. Huh? We're talking about the man. The man had a whole life. Before this. And it was wonderful. And he had a whole life after this. And it was wonderful. Don't make this his whole life. But he had a rough year. Hmm? Rough year. Rough year. (laughs) His faith was tried. Wasn't it? He was pushed. He was pressed. He was tried. You know, the enemy came and stole all his livestock and killed his uh, herdsmen. And who did the Bible say incited that and caused that? The devil, Satan. And caused a storm to come and hit his children's house and kill all them. Who did the Bible say did that? Very specifically says Satan did it. Then why do people keep attributing it to God? These kind of things. And then he had all these sickness that came on his body. Who did the Bible say did that? Satan. Satan did it. Satan did it. And so he is pressed. He's sitting on the ash heap, scraping his sores. 
So it looks like he's lost everything. And if you read this whole account, Job was wrong about some things. He said some wrong things. He had to repent over it in the end of the book. He is a lot of things he didn't know, and he was wrong about some things. He said some things he shouldn't have said. But what do we see from James? What was the redeeming factor of him? He wouldn't quit. Oh, come on now. Come on. Can you see this? He was wrong about some stuff. And he was ignorant about a bunch of stuff. Sound familiar to you? I said he was ignorant about a bunch of stuff. And he was wrong about a bunch of stuff. And at the worst possible time, his wife comes. You remember that? Man, he needed support. And what did she come and say? Job 2.9. Job 2.9. Thank God my wife's not like this. Job 2.9. Then said his wife, I mean he is, verse 8. He took a pot shirt. This is a broken piece of pottery. And he's scraping himself because he's got all these sores. And he's sitting in the ash heap. Now how much lower can a man go? Then said his wife to him, do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. (laughs) What's she saying? What are you doing? What are you still standing for? Can't you see everybody's dead and all the money's gone? Why are you, what are you still believing? What are you still doing? Just get it over with. Just curse God and die. Just quit. Quit and die. Don't you know he felt like it? Don't you know he felt like it? Oh, but that ain't the end of the book. He didn't do it. He wouldn't do it. There's a lot of stuff he didn't know. And it was some stuff he was wrong, seriously wrong about. Oh, but he winds up healed by the power of God. He winds up with twice as much money and another wonderful family and a great life. Hallelujah. What does that mean? You cannot know a lot of stuff. You can be wrong as wrong can be about a lot of stuff. And you can still Get there if you just won't quit. Does that do anything for you? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you just, because how many understand, if you'll give God time and give Him opportunity, He'll teach you what you don't know, He'll correct you about where you're wrong. If you just give him time, keep coming to church, keep reading your chapter, keep praying, keep serving, keep believing God, keep making your confessions, keep sowing your seed, just keep on, keep on, and you will get there. You'll get there. I remember, just as real to me, so it happened yesterday, when I went in our little house, and fell across the bed because it was pressing me so strong. I had been broke all my life. 
My folks were broke. My grandparents were broke. Their folks were broke before them. I grew up in poverty. I had poverty mentality. We barely had enough for gas through the week. We barely had enough. I mean, we're hand to mouth and behind. Have you ever been half a nostril above water? (laughs) And then something else comes along. You were barely making it to start with. Now, when you get behind, how are you going to maintain and catch up? There are millions of people in this desperation right now throughout this country and world. And I went and fell across our little bed and cried out to the Lord. Bible said, when you seek him with all of your heart, he'll hear you. You'll find him. He'll find you. I said, Lord, I know this is not your will. I know it's not. I know enough of the word to see that you are not the stealer. You're not the destroyer. You're not the thief. You're not keeping us broke. You're not keeping money away from us. You're not causing us to live like this. This is not your will. This is not your way. If there's any problem, it's on my end. Have mercy on me. Teach me what I don't know. Show me what I've not understood. Hook me up with the people that understand it. Hook me up with the teaching and the word and the ministries. Show me what to do. I'm asking you and I'm telling you. I'm committing with you. I will stay with you as long as it takes. But I'm coming out. We're coming out. I refuse to go through life being dependent on other people. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a vessel that God could use to bless others with. And it, you know, I didn't get all the answers that day. I didn't understand everything at the end of that week or into that month. But the Lord began to teach us. And it seemed like for five years straight, he was teaching me every day something about it. A lot of it I already knew. I just wasn't doing it. And we begin to come up. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And now the Lord using us to do things would never imagine. I could have worked myself silly with 12 jobs for 20 years. Did you hear me? And not been able to save and give and do and have. If you'll stay with it. I said if you'll stay with it. You just keep believing. You just keep confessing. You keep sowing. Keep reading your chapter. Keep coming in. Come to church. Talk to your friends. Shout about it. Talk about it. I can see uh, Caleb and Joshua sitting around the campfire. Can you see them? Out in the wilderness. Forty years. People dying. All their generation dying off. They ain't but a handful of them left. They've been out there 40 years and they're dying now. But year after, now think about it, year after year, 40 years, year after year, Caleb and Joshua come in at night, living in that hot, dry desert. They'd look at each other and go, I'm going in. You? That's a, they had to talk to each other. Right? <laughs> they couldn't talk to the rest of this bunch. You need faith buddies. You need people that won't throw away their vision either. Right? And you can encourage each other. That's one of the purposes of the church. The Bible said we're to provoke one another to good works. 
You got to look at each, especially as the months go by and the years go by. You got to look at each other and go, it's all still on my list. Yeah, it's on mine too. We're getting it, ain't we? Yes, we are. God's still on the throne. His power is still great. His word is still true. The authority in Jesus' name is still above everything. Right? I'm still breathing. I still got faith in my heart. I still got a will to go on. Hallelujah. And we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Because we won't faint. We won't quit. Can you see them? Caleb and Joshua. He'd say, Caleb would say, Joshua, tell me about that mountain again. It's been a while since I've seen it last. Tell me. Joshua said, oh, you remember them grapes? Oh, Lord. Them was some grapes. He said, yeah, I'm going to put me a hammock. You remember that big tree over there? By that orchard and by that. I'm going to put me a big hammock right there. I'm put me a big sign that says Joshua's place. <laughs> Caleb said, yeah, I like the high ground. You remember that mountain we went up? You know, the pretty one. Always got some snow on top. Yeah, that's my mountain. I'm going to put Calebville, Caleb Highway, Caleb Mountain, Caleb Town. <laughs> and they kept talking it for 40 Years, You remember it? And when all that generation had died out, they came before the man of God and Caleb's 80 years old, 8-0. And what does he say? Give me my mountain. (laughs) I've waited long enough. Give me my mountain. And he went up and he took it. And they lived in it. In his lifetime. And then his kids inherited it. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Can you get there? By the grace of God? By your faith? By the, even if you don't know a lot of stuff, even if you're wrong about a lot of stuff, how can you get there anyway? If you won't quit. If you won't quit. Stand up on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.